There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Monday, right? <laughs> you get a hundred bucks if you can tell me who wrote that song. I don't know. You know who sings it? No. Come on. Uh. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the great Susanna Hoffs. Of the Bangles, Susanna Hoffs? I know what the Bangles are. You know Susanna Hoffs? I mean, Hoffs, I know the one singer? song. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when I say I know the Bengals, <laughs> what every I mean man, is... <laughs> every man okay. my age from Generation X is still mm-hmm. has a standard um, computer script to, if Susanna Hoffs bats her eyes at us and orders us to kill somebody, <laughs> we will do it. Okay. She is a profoundly beautiful woman and still is. She's going to be around 60 now, I assume. The great Susanna Hoffs. Oh, my goodness. But the song was written by Prince. Wow, that's good to know. Yeah, it is good to know. Uh, okay, speaking of um, of um, uh, <laughs> LGBTQIA+, neither of which those two people were, I wonder if Sinahoff and Prince hooked I up. I don't know. I think Prince was, um, you know, defied some gender stereotypes is that true do you not think so a little bit i don't know i don't know he's an interesting cat he's just like it's weird because he's like he was ultra feminine in that's what i'm saying but also ultra masculine i mean i'm not saying he was necessarily a letter of the alphabet people but i'm saying that i think that he was Sort of gender bending a little bit before that. You know, I'm not going to hear that language out of you, especially on a day like today, Alice. What's today? Well, today, on Transgender Day of Remembrance, we grieve the 26 transgender Americans who were killed this year. Year after year, we see that these victims are disproportionately black women and women of color. No one should face violence, live in fear, 
or be discriminated against simply for being themselves. So conservative Twitter has, including gay conservative Twitter, has um, perused the list of people dying. And by and large, these people were, three of them were attacking law enforcement or in the middle of committing a crime. Many of them were killed by their trans spouse or LGBTQI plus um, spouse. And it's just simply not the true that these people are especially at risk. Right. Um, and so I'm just so – and you know what? Even if they were – even if they were, shut the frig up. Just shut up. God. This is, that, this, that this is the one thing, like, she's into. Right, of course. And excited about and is a priority of this administration. No wonder why this guy's polling in the toilet. There's, like, we're, real stuff happening, you're right. guys. We have real stuff happening here. It's freaking, oh god! It's such a, it's so just pathetic. It's so pathetic. Well, and I think this is especially apropos that this is a transgender day of. I don't know. I can't keep track of what, which LGBTQIA plus day it is because they right. seem to have several months out of the calendar for people who are like point oh one percent of the population. They have like a few months, a bunch of days, like different weeks there they have all kinds of things there's like national coming out day day of silence transgender like bisexual visibility day there's like every day known to man they have one but right. so you know i don't know how we sell are supposed to celebrate this one in particular but it seems apropos to me considering that um today the town next door to us has chosen to fire one of their librarians um for having a different point of view about um about LGBTQIA plus people. So basically what this comes down to, and um, I might message her and see if she'll come on. I don't know if she will because, you know, I don't know if she's involved in the middle of an employment legal thing or not. I don't know to what degree she's going to try and fight this because the disciplinary thing was today. Um, but uh, basically the... Um, the library next to us had in June, I assume for like Pride Month, they brought in this group of people called the Pineapple Project, which um, if you visit their website at the top of the page, it says upcoming performances. We are fully vaccinated. <laughs> so um, just in case that was your first question about what they are. Uh, who is the Pineapple Project for? Early learning, ages 3 to 8, libraries, and school curriculum. Um, and let's see what it says about. Uh, boys can't be princesses. The impetus for the Pineapple Project came out of this moment during play between Mal and Mal's niece. As a non-binary person and theater artist, Mal knew that this moment could not go by without recognizing how early in a child's development ideas and influences can form around gender. And with years of experience working with LGBTQ youth who struggle with their gender, Mal, Becca, and Renee felt it was time to create a theater piece that could help broaden the conversation as well as advocate for and validate each child's individual freedom to be who they are. The Pineapple Project had two workshop productions in Boston in the winter of 2014 and the summer of 2015. Each workshop was performed with audiences comprised of kids and their caregivers, as well as community members and educated 
and educators, sorry. We are currently taking the show on the road and bringing it to schools, libraries, conferences, and events throughout greater Boston, New, New England, etc. So um, they offer a sliding scale to accommodate a range of budgets. And you, I mean, like you can book them for anywhere where you have for ages a, a, three to eight. four-year-old's party? Three to eight. And they come and they do their theater project about different genders and how you can choose different genders oh, and stuff. So um, anyway, that's the program. They were booked at the town next to us. Mm-hmm. Um, they did an event and this main person, Mal, apparently who's non-binary, used the women's bathroom. And one of the librarians expressed concern about this because Mal presents as a sort of like masculine appearance. Right. And this librarian thought that this person was a man. Apparently this person is not a man, is born biologically female. But at some point, isn't that the point of this whole stupid game that we're playing with this groomer BS? Is that you're purposely training kids to be okay with whoever's in the bathroom. Right. Is it normally... Normal human beings have a danger sense when an adult with a weird gender presentation shows up in the bathroom with their kids. Right. And I think also that and especially in a library during a, an event for kids, there are likely to be kids in the bathroom. Right. Now, I am a um, man of questionable morals, but mm-hmm. I would steer clear if it were me, Tom Shattuck. I would run a thousand miles away from a bathroom where seven-year-old girls were um, using the facilities. Um, and I think most guys would, probably. Right. Um, and if I didn't, if I wanted to, mm-hmm. or if I wanted to use any bathroom where I thought might be full of kids, if I have three bathrooms, an empty, empty one, or two others full of kids, and I choose one of the ones full of kids... That's a red flag that means I probably shouldn't be roaming free anymore. Right. And the whole idea of this this thing, that this make pretend thing that we're doing where we're pretending it's fine no matter who's in the bathroom with our kids um, is specifically to break down people's boundaries and comfort level with stuff, which is. This is why people call the people who do shows like this for kids and who go in bathrooms with other people's kids groomers right it's specifically because that kind of forcing other people around them to have to deal with their own discomfort that's exactly the kind of behavior that predators do right and telling you that your danger sense is crazy and bigoted and gaslighting you into thinking there's something wrong with you for it is exactly what people who are predatory do Right, but let me ask you: Why mm-hmm. is then why is, are the feelings of this person prioritized? The feelings of the. Um... I will never apologize for standing up for an LGBT, LGBT, LBT. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Why are their feelings prioritized over the kids, kiddos' feelings? Um. I think a few reasons, and I think that one of them is that people like the people in these comments sections that I'm about to read you a few of these people who are cheerleading for this librarian to be fired, by the way, who are thrilled and want the librarian fired for 
apparently the librarian turned to someone next to her and said like oh should that guy be going into the women's bathroom and somebody said that's not a man that's a non-binary person and they can use whichever bathroom they choose to use or whatever they said and um you know she then said you know like oh that's crazy or something like that she said something she said something to indicate that she didn't like the idea that this person was allowed in the women's bathroom um but then if you look at the comment section of all these people who really wanted this librarian fired and um they're not not commenting on the personnel matters but she was suspended first and then there was like a personnel meeting about it and i assume she's going to be fired from this but right um a bunch of people go thank you for sharing i find it appalling that people in this town would want to support a woman on our payroll who harasses and judges other people outside of their norm i certainly do not want my children and grandchildren going into our public library knowing they'll be judged the moment they step inside mal is a very accomplished person mal is welcome back to our library anytime um what, Somebody so wait, else comments. Uh, why are they? Is Mal's pronouns Mal? They them. I think Mal is non-binary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Another person comments. I'm fine with my children using the restroom in a stall next to any gender of genitals in another stall. Good for you. Hi, I'm not okay with my child being alone in a bathroom with any genitals. But what a thing to say. I'm totally fine with Mal's genitals being next to my child. Like, what? Why is that even, like, your go-to? It's so weird. No one brought up genitals except you. No one, and I can tell you, no one is going into any bathroom to watch you pee. And the people who do are definitely no one who's a part of the LGBTQ community. We all just want to pee in peace. Like this person. I don't like the use of that word at any time. Is it true, by the way, that... No one who is any part of the LGBTQ community has ever done anything wrong in a bathroom or tried to see a young person. I don't think that's true. I'm not saying that they're more likely or less likely or anything like that. I'm just saying I don't think that. I mean, I don't think that it's true that no one who is a part of the LGBTQ community. I think there are predators of several propensities, but I think there are some in the LGBTQ community. Uh, Right. Just throwing it out there. I don't think that that's a true statement. Um, and a bunch of a bunch more people are saying that about it. I'm fine with it. I'm fine. Hopefully, with it. she was fired. Oh, we have to have a library that's welcoming to all people. That's not Merrimack the same. Is catching up with the Being world. Being welcoming to all people is not the same as letting some dude perceived as some dude walk into the bathroom for little girls. Doesn't mean if you're the LGBTQI person, who's the person who's nuts, by the way, I mean, not the mm-hmm. LG and B, but all the other stuff, Um, then it, it, why does every accommodation have to be made for you or else it's anti-LGBTQIA? You get mm-hmm. to have everything. You get to cut in line. You get to be in with little kids. You get to read and twerk in front of people. You get to do all the stuff. Everybody has to cede everything to you because you're emo- emotionally... Mm-hmm. And psychologically unbalanced. Pretty disheartening that so many of you agree with the behavior of someone who works in a place that should be safe for absolutely everyone and she made it feel unsafe for someone. It's alarming to think that some people in our community can't feel safe because of how they identify. This feel safe stuff is, I mean, talk about garden variety, woke horse shit. Incredible. You know what else? F that. 
Mm-hmm. I pulled the alarm. To assume that someone who doesn't identify as male or female is going into the bathroom to do something other than emptying their bladder is ridiculous. Human beings need to go to the bathroom. Uh, hopefully gets she gets fired. Sincerely, a gender-fluid person, writes Nicole Bowman NATO, who does not look gender-fluid at all. Um. Yeah, and the library employs a biological male who identifies as non-binary, so feels. I don't know that that comment is accurate. Um. But yeah, the whole thing. I mean, first of all, the fact that there was this pineapple project event, and then a bunch of towns are bringing in the pineapple project to their town, including the town we used to live in, has had them at several venues, by the way, in the town. I hope um, they felt safe. That's all that matters. Yeah, but I actually, um, somebody posted the letter that was sent to this woman when she was notifying that she was violating the harassment policy. And it sounds like an unsafe work environment for someone, but it mostly sounds like it's an unsafe work environment for her. And it sounds to me like you're just not allowed to not like the Pineapple Project. You have to love it and you have to mm-hmm. affirm everybody's uh, going if you're a special LGBTQ plus ampersand, then you everybody have to, has to like you everything is, you do. Yes, you get to have it because it makes you feel happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so this one is written notice: the Merrimack Library trustees are contemplating disciplinary action against you, against you, up to and including termination. The reason stems from your interactions with your coworkers. One example of such interaction is an incident on June 29, twenty three. On that date, you became angry when a non-binary performer who is participating in library programming used the library ladies' room. Your reaction is part of a pattern of harassing behavior towards one of your coworkers. You repeated negative in- your repeated negative interactions emanate from your disagreement with the coworker involvement in arranging library programming for Pride Month, as well as her general support of the LGBTQ community. So you're not allowed to disagree. Disagreeing with the LGBTQ agenda is harassment. You're, the you harassment, have to be all in for the everything The harassment here. is that you didn't like the Pride programming. That's the harassment. Um... Your behavior towards your coworker resulted in a finding by an independent investigator that you violated the town's harassment policy, which provides in part that all employees have a right to work in an environment free from discrimination and harassing contact, uh, conduct and prohibits conduct that interferes with an employee's work or creates an intimidation, hostile or offensive work environment. Your interactions with the library director who identifies as an LGBTQ plus individual has been determined to violate policy. Specifically, your repeated statements to the library director, including your comments that you did not believe in the sincerity of non-binary individuals self-identification. So you don't believe that people can be no gender at all or non-binary or whatever the heck that's supposed to yes, mean. Yes, I don't believe you're Zed. I'm <laughs> so sorry about that. You... Did not believe in this. You're not allowed to not believe in the sincerity of non-binary people. You have to play around with... That's harassment. That's right. To the library director, who presumably is this person's boss. It's harassment if you don't believe in non-binary people. That's why these people people get fired. This person gets fired. They got to litigate. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Your comments, you did not believe in the sincerity of non-binary individual self-identification, and you were disturbed when patrons called the library in support of the LGBTQ banner in front of the library, were found by an independent investigator to be disrespectful to the library director and in violation of the town's visitor code of conduct policy, which provides the use of common courtesy when interacting with others. So that's the fireable offense, is that you weren't courteous because you didn't believe in non-binary people and you were surprised that people love the LGBTQ banner. 
Furthermore, as a member of the Merrimack Library staff, you are expected to comply with Merrimack Library policies. These policies include, uh, but are not limited to, Merrimack Library programming policy, which provides that the purpose of library programs are to provide patrons with opportunities for educational enrichment, social interaction, informational needs, enjoyment of the arts and entertainment. The staff is skilled and experienced in selecting the programs that will appeal to a broad range of interests and ages. Given the diverse nature of interests, beliefs, and backgrounds, not all programs will be of interest to all patrons, but we believe it is important that all citizens feel welcomed and supported in the library. So you didn't comply with library policy because which is not clear exactly what they're saying here the policy is that you didn't that you didn't comply with is that the programming policy is going to provide a bunch of different opportunities and so you didn't like some of the library programming which is in violation of library policy apparently you're not allowed to dislike some of the or disagree with some of the library programming and i scanned through the library programming briefly i know one of the authors that they had come in by the way did you see that I oh is that okay yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um but interestingly there were not a lot of like christian or conservative events on the library her camera has not been there no, Kirk Cameron has mm. not been there. Bethany Mandel has not been invited to talk about her book. Mm. Andrew Clavin, not invited to talk about his book. No Bible study groups meeting. I did not see a lot of, you know, alternative programming choices. Um, Isn't it interesting, though, that this this is not like... 80s like gay rights marches or 90s or even the 2000s this is where you had gay people on floats and other things you know doing their thing meant to in some places like offend people Mm -hmm. this is directly channeling information directly to kids right and making it verboten to try to stop it yep directly to in not 17 year olds this is Five-year-olds. Three to eight-year-olds. That's who the Pineapple Project Theater project is geared towards. Three to eight-year-olds. So if you don't like gender ideology being foisted on three-year-olds, then you're in violation of the town's policy and you need to be fired. Right. And you have to abide by it because if not, it's violence because people feel unsafe because it's violence because... I mean, obviously, People it's violence because, because it's <clears throat> LGBTQIA plus Remembrance Month because so many are killed because of anti-LGBT feelings out there, which is, of course, not what's happening. What's happening mostly is um, uh, insane people from the community are killing each other, mm-hmm. but and we're supposed to... Because that's happening, we're supposed to believe that the insanity just stops there. It's just the ones that kill each other that are that, that are mm-hmm. it's a, right. The, 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 the fact is that they, these people don't even deserve. They don't deserve this much conversation. They don't. Right. But you know they've woven it into the law, and you mm-hmm. know they have all the protections of the state. But this is a an absolute affront and joke. And I mean. The library libraries no, have, have been toxified as well. They're poison. They're they're mm-hmm. they're No, and it makes me sad as a person, and I know this isn't you, but as a person myself who is very into books and spent a lot of great time at libraries and I like libraries and I like taking my kids to them, it 
makes me want to completely defund them and only fund libraries by private benefactor where there's some kind of accountability. If I lived in this town, get, I would be adult, pushing. Get adult perverts to, away from kids. I mean, what, what, adult oversexualized. I'd be firing anybody who. I'd be who arresting drag in performers who are strutting like around that. in front yeah. of kids. Fuck out of here. Really? It's, it, Jesus. Oh, God. Three to eight year olds. The gay gender program for the three to eight year olds. I mean, like, come on. It's, guys. it's interesting because I think about including that the. the I, I, I guess he was. He wasn't trans, but he was gay. The guy we used to work with at a hotel, um, who dressed as a woman. So he was a he was a cross dresser or whatever, mm -hmm. or transvestite, whatever. Uh, who used to who who was a great guy who used to turn tricks a lot and get beat up a lot and he has throat cut a couple of times. Um, but it's interesting. It's like he he would think this is insane to have this happening in front of kids. And he spent his like evenings in the combat zone in Boston, risking his life to turn tricks. It was weird, but he had a value system. He would never mm -hmm. think that this was great. I worked with a, my colleagues were gay. They would, a lot of them, they would, and friends, mm -hmm. they would never have thought that this is okay right. to tamper with children like this, ever. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. That's why this is not a cultural gay movement that's happening. This is a perverse. Um, movement that's happening. Right. This is no decent person wants to be a party to adult sexualized grotesque men being sexual in front of kids. Of course not. Of course not. Straight people don't want to be sexual in front of kids either. No normal adult no. wants to talk about anything about their love life, their dating life. Or anything right. in front of children. In, it's in, not in normal. Shiree um, Diamond, who mm -hmm. decides to get into that field of twerking in front of kids, is somebody so unstable and so broken morally that mm -hmm. Shiree is probably apt to put herself in dangerous situations during the evening when away from the kids. Of course. And, and part of what's happening here, too, is... A bunch of adults with serious, serious mental health issues seeking validation and having trouble getting it from other adults who don't have time for stupid mm -hmm. BS and wanting validation from children. That's a lot of what you see on the libs of TikTok when you see these people who are teachers and who are demanding six-year-olds call them mix instead of miss or mister. is yes. like adults who for some reason need validation from children. And you see that if you look through the Pineapple Project, um, you know, FAQs and, and media things, you'll see that, you know, in a bunch of their interviews, they're like, it's so wonderful when the kids, you know, applaud and talk about, you know, how they understand gender and they understand how to use they, them pronouns and all that. Well, yeah, because you're able to influence their little minds to believe all kinds of crazy things. Right. Because you've captured their parents, for one thing. Right. And so the parents are sanctioning this event as something true and normal. So, you know, you know, whereas at one time, you know, these parents would have, uh, you know, brought their kids to Santa Claus. Right. This is... This is the new pretend that we're playing. Right. Not that Santa Claus is a pretend, which is not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the idea that you, an adult, non-binary person 
need three to eight year olds to validate your identity for you and use your pronouns and it makes you feel good is bizarre. And it's the same thing with, you know, well, it's the, not only that, the Florida. It's, not just bizarre else. it's also it's ghoulish because mm -hmm. look, the pure of heart even believe that we're that we're real and noble. Mm -hmm. They're so they're pure of hearts. So look at that list test. It's the heart of a child. You're going to disparage that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Something so wonderful. It is. Uh, it is. They are going to start letting. There are also some... straight people, by the way, who seek validation from children, and a lot of times it's like moms that want to be friends with their kids too. Is like a similar kind of toxicity. Yep. Is needing your kid to tell you that you're the cool mom or the fun mom or that you know you're pretty or whatever. That. It it comes from a similar place of immaturity of needing children to prop up your imagined vision of yourself. Right. And, it, oh, totally. Because and, the and adults also, aren't you know, playing you, along thought, with I you. I don't know if you sent it to whatever. Today's been a long day. But the that babysitter who got convicted of like 700 mm -hmm. years in prison, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, no, we're going to have a male babysitter over. It's like, what are you thinking? Yeah. What are you thinking? No, you know it's funny. Me and my, me and Jimmy, my brother, we had one male babysitter ever when we were. Mm -hmm. I know. I remember it was a big thing because we were older. We felt we were too old to have a babysitter, so they said that he was kid sitting. And that kid sitter, in just a few years after that, mm -hmm. killed himself. N not because of not because of with you. Us. No, I don't think so. Although I haven't seen the note, it's possible it was because of. No, but but. I'm also, uh, and I, I'm actually like, I would never let a, a guy now more than ever, mm -hmm. babysit. Right, of course. I wouldn't. It's, no, why? Like, why? Why risk it? Why? And if a man, I knew this. I, I knew a, a family who used to have. A guy was enthralled. A friend of the family mm -hmm. who supposedly was straight was enthralled with the with the three-year-old boy and he was always taking black and white pictures of him yeah and he called no. himself a child photographer yeah and me and the, the child's child dad me and the child's dad talked about that and i said i said that's effing 
creepy the way this dude is hovering around like get as a paparazzi for your son. And he said, "Thank you so much. You're totally right." But his wife, of course, was saying they were being he was being cruel by bringing it up, mm-hmm. and everybody was doting over him. All good progressives, of course, right? Doting over him. Come on, he just loves the child. I'm sure some of these people are listening now. So. But it's like, no, keep your shady crap away from kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. it also reminds me there was this news story recently. You know that um, that liberal thing, the recount that's on Twitter? They post lots of videos. I th- they're usually from a liberal perspective, but they're an, an online news outlet. Their former editor was just arrested for uh, child porn. And um, BuzzFeed had to take down a whole article about this super touching tweet thread that he had about his mom's a teacher, about visiting his mom's classroom and how the kids were so accepting of hearing about how he lived with his boyfriend. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. um, So this is what he tweeted. You know, this is five years ago before he was arrested for um, for child porn. But he goes, so here's a fun little story. I spent the morning in my mom's fourth grade classroom. This being a perfect confluence of teacher appreciation week and Mother's Day. Um, the plan to discuss writing. Outside of that, I don't have much in common with 10-year-olds. So I was nervous. I get there and the kids are psyched. Here's a new adult. Someone who wants to talk to them. Someone who knows their teacher too. So we go over to the group corner and the 20 of them sit cross-legged in a semicircle looking at me in the chair. I have each kid go one by one and tell me their name and one thing I should know about them. It was adorable. A couple of kids love dinosaurs. Some love wrestling, surfing, skateboard tricks. Cool stuff. Fun so far. We're feeling good. But then they start peppering questions at me. Blah, blah, blah. Goes through the questions. Do you have a wife or kids? Do you have a girlfriend? Do you live in an apartment? Who do you live with? And now I'm like, do I, what do I do? Am I about to come out of the closet to these kids? At this point, I looked at my mother who nodded and mouthed something like, go ahead. So I said, I lived with my boyfriend. Like a friend? When asked, no, not like that, I said, ready to move on. As no, my that face would be readied. too vague. No, and the air flew know. out of the room for a split second. The kids seemed to recognize what was what. Some giggling, some ooze, but none of these precocious kids gave a shit. And then there's a bunch of comments. The ice around my heart melted when reading this thread. This thread made my day. Kids are books filled with blank pages. It's what we write inside them that informs their life. Keep your writing off my kid, please. (laughs) And they're blank pages. But, yeah, I mean, like... I want to teach the whole child. So, (laughs) BuzzFeed just took down the article because he was arrested for child porn. But, you know, maybe... Cool it with thinking it's so touching. That's what they put in the headline, by the way, too, which is kind of Freudian. People are touched by this writer's conversation with fourth graders. Maybe we skip the touching for the guy needing to talk to fourth graders about his sexuality. Maybe we skip that part. But, um, yeah, you bring up teaching the whole child, and I think it's especially relevant because, um, you know, there's all this, like, mental health stuff happening kids a bunch of them now want to kill themselves because this everybody's screwed them up seems to be unmoored from reality huh uh-huh. I wonder how that happened. um but basically um you know they have all these programs now where they want to get kids into therapy and social emotional learning and all this stuff none of this stuff works by the way there was just a big study of mindfulness programs and they make kids more anxious and depressed all the mindfulness programs that was heavily that mindfulness has been heavily taught up for years as being this like super great practice with all this evidence behind it. The mindfulness programs make your kids more anxious. Um, and the New York Times 
a couple days ago had this guest essay in the opinion section called This is Not the Way to Help Depressed Teenagers that talks about how all the stuff that we're offering to teenagers and all the outreach that we're doing to them and talking to them about their mental health is making things worse, actually. Uh, Ever since the pandemic, when rates of teenage suicide, anxiety, and depression spiked, policymakers around the world have pushed to make mental health resources more available to young people. I already take issue with ever since the pandemic. Right, yeah. Ever since our stupid policies. Right. Right. The strategy is well-intentioned. Traditional therapy can be expensive and time-consuming. Access can be limited. By contrast, large-scale, light-touch interventions, TikTok offerings from Harvard School of Public Health, grief coping workshops and junior high aim to reach young people where they are and at low cost. Whenever somebody says we're going to reach you where you are, run like hell. But there is now reason to think that this approach is risky. Recent studies have found that several of these programs not only failed to help young people, they made... 300,000 suicides later, we've actually... (laughs) Turns out all our help for you is killing you. Yes. They also made their mental health problems worse. We Much like yesterday, Alice, Mm -hmm. with... um, What were we talking about yesterday um, uh, with that first thing? With the shoplifting, maybe? With the shoplifting, we meant... Yeah, the criminal justice programs were meant to help. That's right. Um, Recent studies have found that these programs made mental health problems worse. Understanding why these efforts backfired can shed light on how society can and can't help teenagers who are suffering from depression and anxiety. Consider a social-emotional skills training school program called Wise Teens, led by clinical psychologists in training. It consists of eight-hour, eight weekly hour-long classroom sessions in which students learn to manage their emotions with the help of tools and principles drawn from cognitive behavioral therapy and Zen Buddhism. Last month, the Journal of Behavior Research and Therapy published a study of Australian teenagers, uh, and one group participated in Wise Teens, and another group participated in a standard health class curriculum. Compared with the teenagers who got the standard education, the students in Wise Teens reported more depression, more anxiety, more difficulty managing their emotions, and worse relationships with their parents. One out of every eight wise teens participants appeared clinically depressed after completing the program, (laughs) compared to with one out of every 13 participants who did the regular health classes. The results are striking, but not unique. Last year, an even larger study uh, of a school-based mindfulness program looked at 8,000 British teenagers in more than 80 schools and found that the program led to worse anxiety, emotional problems, and lower levels of mindfulness skills. Yet another study published last year uh, included 2,500 Australian teenagers and found that a mental health program made students more distressed. Um, So we're going to keep doing it. By focusing teenagers' attention on mental health issues, the interventions may have unwittingly exacerbated their problems. A psychologist calls this prevalence inflation when greater awareness of mental illness Mm. leads to people talking of normal life struggles in terms of symptoms and diagnoses. These labels dictate how people view themselves in ways that become self-fulfilling. Teenagers who are still developing their identities are especially prone to take psychological labels to heart. Instead of saying, I'm nervous about X, a teenager might say, I can't do X because I have anxiety, a reframing that research shows undermines resilience by encouraging people to view everyday challenges as insurmountable. It's a sign of progress when diagnoses that were once whispered in shameful secrecy enter our everyday vocabulary and shed the stigma, but online where therapy influencers flood social media feeds with content about trauma, panic attacks, and personality disorders, greater awareness encourages self-diagnosis and pathologizing commonplace emotions. When teenagers gravitate towards such content on social media feeds, algorithms serve the more intensifying the feedback loop um 
blah, blah, blah. It goes on to say that maybe the programs are like geared towards the wrong people and you should not take teenagers that don't have problems and give them a bunch of counseling services and train them in these psychological behavior things because it can lead to them diagnosing like I don't want to do my homework with I have anxiety or I'm depressed or right. I have whatever personality disorder. So, you know, Tommy in New Hampshire writes in the chat, I suggest spending less time processing your feelings, maybe keep busy, get a job, do things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really true that it's not um it they don't know how to solve these issues and a lot of the things that they think might solve the issues and are doing with your kids don't and they cloak this stuff in un, in this cloak of expertise of we know all this stuff and we have all this re- they have no idea what they're doing keep them away from your kids right basically long story short all these stupid programs they have no clue what they're doing that's at the end of the day that's what it, that's Correct. what it is um i do want to talk about some inequity before we go Oh, good. Yes. Important okay. to address. One, there's sleep racism. Okay. Which, uh, hey, by the way, somebody asked today and said, uh, with a new baby, how are you sleeping? And I said, like, I answered for you. And I don't know because I'm sleeping, like, fine. So uh, how are you sleeping? <laughs> well, I'm getting up a few times a night to, like, feed okay. the baby and stuff, but not too bad. Okay. But... Sometimes my Darth Vader mask catches and I have to uh, get up to <laughs> adjust that. But, but there are other people, there's big... But your sleep has not been affected remotely by the baby, I don't think. Not really, no. No. Um, there is... Uh, well, actually, no, and it may be better than ever. But, but sleep, there's deeper problems with sleep. Let's talk about the sleep gap. Did you know that black Americans do not sleep as well as white Americans do? The Center for Disease Control and Prevention conducted and published research in 2020 on sleep in the U.S., The results showed that 43.5% of black or African-Americans had trouble sleeping compared with 30.7% of white respondents. Black and Latinx people in the US spend 15% of their night in deep sleep, which is the most restorative and regenerative phase of sleep, compared to 20% of white Americans. By the way, anybody identifying as Latinx, I could see is not getting good sleep because they're probably (laughs) unstable. So, but it's worse than that. This is the most important thing, and this changes for me. This is a game changer. This is like, like for zillennials, for them reading the Bin Laden letter to America. This mm-hmm. is my Bin Laden letter to America. This is from the Guardian. Women with Black African ancestry at greater risk when plague hit London. Hmm. Experts studying remains of victims buried in the 14th century say bubonic plague was not an indiscriminate killer. Holy hell. This is important stuff wow. now. When the Black Death hit London in autumn thir- uh, of 1348. How many black people were in London in 1348? When the Black Death hit London. I'm just curious. In the autumn of 1348, racist. It caused a wave of devastation with more than half the city's population thought to have been killed. But a study has now found women with black African ancestry could have had a greater risk of death than others. They could have had it. Wow. Now, tell me something. What what must it be like working at The Guardian <laughs> and pitching this story? The news stories people need to know now. Okay, now let's let's also crumble the plague. Let's make this about not us, okay? Okay, sir, I feasibly 
have done some uh, research, and it seems that black Londoners could have ha- been more at risk. Black women. <laughs> Go with it. In 13-whatever? 13 1348, exactly. Could have. But a study has not found that women with black African ancestry could have had a Does greater Does that mean that like one black death. woman died and it was like 50% of London's black woman population? It could have been in the autumn of 1348. Okay. Which now I don't know like what calendar you're using, but I don't know this is current news. <laughs> Guess what? You know what thirteen forty eight? Could have been different than you think it was. Could have. <laughs> now experts studying the remains of plague victims buried in the city say the disease hit some groups harder than others. Can you just can you just leave the plague alone okay mm-hmm. it was a rough time even for the evil whites okay <laughs> i assure you i know that somehow they managed to while throwing up their own intestines they managed to make it harder make sure <laughs> it's harder on the black women <laughs> <laughs> between that and then delivering the plague to the indians which is another thing the colonists did you mm-hmm. know absolutely holy hell could have been um, that might be my two cents on this, uh, Alice. Were I you going to talk about 30-year mortgages, too? Uh, we could. We could. New York Times is very upset <clears throat> at 30-year mortgages because they're also racist. And so those people they who created locked up 30-year mortgages, mm-hmm. I think we have, a, like, a 90-year mortgage. And... No, technically, <laughs> actually, we still have our 30-year mortgage that we got in, uh, that we fortunately locked up in late 2019. So. During lead remediation. So right. we are part of the colonists colonizing, mm-hmm. owning this house, making sure. That it's still extremely predatory and lent us <laughs> way more money than we could afford to pay. Um, but because we had to do our lead project. But, um, but the New York, I don't want to end with bad news. New York but, Times says it's bad. It's racist. You, you can tell. Well, it yeah, because people now can't get those mortgage rates and it's not fair because the people that already have houses aren't selling their houses because they don't want to lose their good mortgage rates so now it's like it's perpetuating the inequality in the housing market who would have thought that what i consider our imprisonment in this house is (laughs) us actually having privilege again we had plague privilege and now we've got uh housing privilege i do want to highlight a good thing before we go because there have been a couple people who have kind of stepped up recently. One is, um, one guy is uh, somehow John Franken Fetterman, who has been great, and also John Kirby. But this word genocide is getting thrown around in a pretty inappropriate way by lots of different folks. Uh, what Hamas wants, make no mistake about it, is genocide. They want to wipe Israel off the map. They've said so publicly more than one occasion. In fact, just recently. And they've said that they're not going to stop. What happened on the 7th of October is going to happen again and again and again. And what happened on the 7th of October? Murder, slaughter of innocent people in their homes or at a music festival. That's genocidal intentions. Yes, there are too many civilian casualties in Gaza. Yes, the numbers are too high. Yes, too many families are grieving. And yes, we continue to urge the Israelis to be as careful and cautious as possible. That's not going to stop from the president right on down. But Israel is not trying to wipe the Palestinian people off the map. Israel's not trying to wipe Gaza off the map. Israel's trying to defend itself against 
a genocidal terrorist threat. So when we're going to start, if we're going to start using that word, fine, let's use it appropriately. So uh, it's... I mean, of course. And the news is, we did a few of these towards the beginning of the conflict, the breakdown of, you know, how Israel got blamed for bombing XYZ and it turned out it was Hamas, or Israel got... Right. Blamed for doing something else, and it turns out it was Hamas that did it. But but you, you know, know what the and, thing is, Hel- but okay. I mean, like, there's too many of them. We could do five of them every <laughs> day. They're you know going through video footage of that Al Shifa hospital that you know mm-hmm. Israel s- says it because it is a command center for Hamas, and <laughs> there's video footage of them with hostages there being dragged in against their will. Israel mm-hmm. exhumed bodies of some of the hostages there that were buried there because they're dead now that were yeah, brought to that hospital. There's a video hospital. that came I mean, out today like... showing this gu- gunman in one of the kibbutz um, mm-hmm. running after chasing down two young women who yeah. are either teenagers in early 20s. Shoots one in the head. The other one gets around mm-hmm. and begs him not to shoot her. He harasses her for a bit then steps back and blows her brains out. Now, Opa, hold on. If any of that existed with an IDF soldier... Mm-hmm. It would the world would absolute and colleges would go crazy, et cetera. But yeah, but part of it is just exhaustion. There's like too much footage out there and too many bad things that Hamas has done or is doing, or too many stories where things get debunked and it turns out Hamas is absolutely lying and the IDF yeah, that, is completely was... in the right. Like we could do a breakdown of that, like somebody could have a whole podcast that was just breaking that stuff down day after day after but day. But that first hospital attack, which it was Hamas's stupid rocket or the whatever whatever the yeah, yeah islamic jihad yeah rocket, rocket that that blew up a parking lot etc american college students believe that still believe that, that was mm-hmm. the idf that the idf purpose. just bombs hospitals on and purpose. refugee camps and yes. everything else i mean like refugee camp is a funny word too because these aren't refugee camps these are cities these the, are cities and they're refugees quote unquote refugee camps from a war that happened 75 years ago where they're only like I was trying to figure out how much of the Palestinian population is even 75 or older and it's almost none of them the best stat I could find is that like 3% of the population is over 65 so like essentially nobody in Gaza was even alive for the war that they're all quote refugees from at this point. Like no, right. The whole thing is like absurd. But like I say, we could, we could do that all day, (laughs) but it's it's not even worth it. But part of it is it's it's another way of, uh, of a news cycle grooming refugees in the same way with the, uh, black Africans were with the plague, London plague hit them worse. That's all that the American Mm -hmm. college students are going to see this and say, Oh my God, the whole plague. That those Europeans said was terrible. Guess what? Mm-hmm. It was actually worse on black women. It's like, oh, it's the same, same absolute poison horse belief. Uh, goodness. So I've gotten in touch with the people from the Pineapple Project, Alice, and they will okay. be coming here to uh, follow our kids in the bathroom. We have some three to eight year olds that they can talk to about gender, actually. Uh, okay, Alice. Mm-hmm. Um, have you have have you something to say about the uh, hot sauce? Um, the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce brings us the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hotline chat chat. We have one message. Okay. Naming convention. Minahan exclamation point Minahan exclamation point. So for yeah. those of you who don't like 
talking about the KMS world. Oh, well, this might be slamming Minahan, Minahan. So we'll see. All right, guys. I drank my glass of raw eggs. <laughs> I chased a chicken around my backyard. <laughs> I ran. Alice, these uh, references are from what movie? I'm not sure. The streets of Gloucester with people following me down to the boulevard in Gloucester to the Man of the Wheel statue. And I started jumping up and like down Rocky? yelling. Correct. Nicely okay. done. The statue. Nicely you got done. got me there. Minahan. Minahan. So I think I'm ready for my debut on the KMS show on Tuesday. And Tom, you being my Mickey <laughs> to Rocky, I was wondering if you had any last words of advice on how we can battle Minahan. You've <laughs> been there before. It didn't go well. How do I not repeat the same performance? I think that's probably wise. Yeah, start there. And uh, I would say just to have fun and say what you really feel, regardless of the temperature in the room. Say what you really feel. Absolutely. Don't, if you if you have problems with the show and with the hosts, absolutely say it. Say it. It'll you'll feel better because no matter what, you're going to get skewered and slammed and and piled on, no matter what. And I also think that based on some of the, some of, what was the, the show we watched the other night? Was it um, Menners Car Club? Was it Menners Live or Minifandom? Yeah, based, the one what, that Mike was on. Maybe maybe it was, maybe it was Minifandom. Yeah, based on some of those the the live comments, some of the points you made seems to have been. Uh, voice of the people stuff. So absolutely, go there, have fun, say what you believe. Who cares? You know, you're used to these to these guys, and it distance yourself from me. Actually, as a matter of fact, <laughs> that's probably good advice yeah, for anyone in the universe. Yeah, I would definitely do that to start with. Um, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, if you would like to leave us a message. By the way, Steve, you have my full permission to slam me on the show. Feel free to. I think that's absolutely fair. And if it buys you some time or safety, feel free to use me as a human shield. I'm, I'm fine. And, uh, it, why not? Um, if you want to leave chat chat messages, you can do that at burnbarrelpodcast.com. Um, you can also uh, find links to different places to listen to the podcast there. It's available pretty much. We need to get the stuff for the thing. And also we need to do um, um, uh, Black Friday. Mm, I have a lot on my to-do list. Before yeah, we go, I actually go I want to tell people that yeah. I was eating. my. I went to the store, the grocery store today with the baby. I bought a bunch of food, stuff to make for everybody, healthy things for Tom. Delicious. I made a yummy hamburger meat casserole that's uh, Awaken 180 friendly for Tom and a big salad for dinner. And I sat down and I'm holding the baby and scarfing down my food because I know we have to do the podcast. And um, Tom and our oldest son disappear upstairs to go fix the toilet seat. And approximately three minutes later... I'm summoned from the middle of my meal to both of them standing in the bathroom looking at the toilet seat with a flashlight. You and, weren't simply looking at it. And I have, to, I have to do the toilet seat. Uh, install you're the new toilet suited seat. Because you're stronger than our son and you're littler than me. So we needed somebody. We needed a tunnel rat to get down in there to, uh -huh. to do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, well, we tried. We just didn't have Okay, this. well, I, so then I reinstall the toilet seat, and then I go back down to try and finish my dinner, which three other people had been at the table when I left eating their dinner, and they all had left. Um, and 
abandoned my food, which the dog had eaten. Then. So <laughs> I'll get right on all the other stuff that I need to do around Black here. Black Friday event, Alice. Okay, I'll you, get you right can't on. Sleep tonight. I'll get right on all the other stuff that I need to do. Uh, let me know. Say la vie. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.